Uh, you're right, it's eight o'clock. Good evening. This is the weekly uh, Web Yeshiva Parashat Sheyur. This is Rabbi Chaim Robin, the, the Rosh Yeshiva. Happy to be with you after Pesach and hoping that the uh, weather will take a turn for the good. The Parsha Shmini, the beginning of, uh, of the Parsha Shmini says the following. We look at the Psukim, you see the Psukim? Let's look at the following, Pasuk Vav. Vayome Moshe, and Moshe Rabbeinu is talking to Aaron HaKohen. Zeh HaDavar, Asher Tziva Hashem. Zeh, the word Zeh means I'm pointing at it. I mean, something very important, even if it's only divur, it's only words that I'm going to say to you, Aaron, it's kind of words that are going to be looked at forever and ever. Even though they don't contain a particular mitzvah that is concerned, that concerns Am Yisrael, nevertheless, it's really something important. Asher tziva Hashem ta'asu. Asher tziva Hashem ta'asu, which God has commanded, you do it. You do it. Vayera alechem kivod Hashem. And the reward will be, the result will be, the, what, what happens to you is going to be that you will be able to kind of witness vayera alechem, but in fact, you will have been the cause. You, Aaron Akohen, will have been the cause of Vayera Aleichem Kivod Hashem. He's saying, Moshe Rabbeinu is saying something very significant to Aaron Akohen. That you're not just coming into the position of the high priest in order to do things, in order to take care of the Beta Mishkarot or the Mikdash that uh, we've just finished building, but you're really going to, in effect, a, you, a change in the world. was part of the B'nai Yisrael experience at Har Sinai. And now what Moshe Rabbeinu is actually saying to Aaron HaKohen is that that experience will be carried on even away from Har Sinai, even when we're just on our own, wandering around, trying to straighten ourselves out, then we will also benefit from Ve'yera Aleichem Kivod Hashem. That's what Moshe Rabbeinu says to Aaron. Vayome Moshe el Aaron. And Moshe Rabbeinu continues his talking to Aaron. And for some reason, statement number two is separated from statement number one with those words, Vatome Moshe el Aaron. Again, and Moshe Rabbeinu said to Aaron again. And the only reason for putting those words into the Pasuk is that maybe statement number two is not really connected to statement number one. That is to say, statement number one in Pasuk Vav is, that's what Moshe Rabbeinu should have said. That was the end of it. But Moshe Rabbeinu, for some reason, had to say more. 
Vayomer Moshe el Aharon. What does he say to him? Kurav el Hamizbeach. Come close, I think. Come close to the Mizbeach, to the altar. Vaasei. And do the following. Et chatatcha. Vet olatecha. Vichaper baadcha beadam. Make you uh, uh, go close to the altar and do the sin or your sin offering and the Ola Korban, the one that is completely consumed. What does that mean? What's this got to do with it? It sounds like Yom Kippur. What is it that Aaron is, why does he have to say this to Aaron at this, at this moment? I understand that's what he's supposed to do. But why is this statement separated from the first statement, which says, do what God told you to do? And you know what God told you to do. You know what God told you to do. I say it, Korban Ha'am, finally bring the Korban, the sacrifice that the people have prepared. And it's hard to ignore the fact that this is a description of Yom Kippur, that Aaron Cohen's first act is going to be representing Am Yisrael, representing Am Yisrael, and representing Am Yisrael, uh, representing Am Yisrael before God and asking God for mercy. I mean, that's Yom HaKippurim, the first thing that he's going to do is going to be Aaron Akhor, is going to be Yom HaKippurim, Kapeh Ba'adam Kachetzi Ba'ashem. Pasuk Chet, Ba'yakrev Ha'arod Al-Abisbeach, Ba'yishchat Ha'degel Ha'chatat Ha'shelo. It's almost as though and Aaron did it. Right? Moshe said to Aaron, Krav El-Abisbeach, come close to the Bisbeach. And then Pasuk Chet says, what we're missing in this story, in these three psukim, is the, the real tension. I mean, it seems like Moshe Rabbeinu said something straightforward. Then Moshe Rabbeinu had to say something else. He had to add something. As though there was some issue, but we don't know what the issue was, if there was an issue. So we have to get a little bit of help, and we're going to get it, in this case, from Rashi. Rashi is just gravel on his back. You see the Rashi? For some, I don't know if I can get the pointer here. Maybe I could. Gravel on his back, Rashi. You see the Rashi? It's right there. And I, I don't have an underliner or a highlighter or a top liner, so I can't do that, but you know. Shahaya Aaron Bosh Viare Lageshet. There it is. Aaron was Bosh. Bosh is the Hebrew word Busha, right? Embarrassment. Unhappily embarrassed. What exactly what are we talking about? But let's read the Rashi first. Shahaya Aaron Bosh Viare Lageshet. He was not happy about this job that was being imposed upon him because he felt that he was not worthy. 
he felt that he was not worthy. So according to Rashi, that's what happened by Yom Moshe. This is Moshe talking to, to Aaron. Aaron, instead of being happy at his appointment, instead of being overjoyed that he would have an opportunity to serve God in the Beit HaMikdash, he says, I'm not worthy. It's not worth it. I mean, you can't even imagine. What does it mean to say I'm not worthy to Moshe Rabbeinu who is, who is declaring the will of God? I mean, it's not such an easy thing, but that's what Aaron Cohen did according to Rashi. Amar lo Moshe. Rashi. Back to the Rashi. Amar lo Moshe. Lama ata bosh. Lama ata bosh. Why are you embarrassed? Why are you embarrassed? Uh, you are the chosen one. You are chosen to be the Kohen Gadol. Now, this is a big thing for Moshe Rabbeinu to say if we try to like personalize the events of, uh, of, uh, of, the, Shia, of the time. Moshe Rabbeinu said, look, I've been the Kohen Gadol for the days of Miluim. For the last eight days, I've been the Kohen Gadol. I would love to continue the job of going good. I would love to pass it on to my children. But we know that I can't really continue. I've got other things to do. And my children are probably not worthy of the job. So you are Nivharta. You know what that means? It means that God has designated you to be the Kohengado. You. So we have kind of a standoff here. Moshe Rabbeinu doesn't understand how Aaron Cohen could reject the charge. And Aaron Cohen doesn't understand how he could accept the appointment. How he could accept the appointment. And therefore, it has to be reiterated. And Moshe says to Aaron, you see these korbanot that you, that you are going to give, they are atonement. And you know what happens on Yom Kippurim atonement. So whatever it is, Aaron Akoin, that you feel the busha of, and we know that that had to do with his association with the Egel Azahav, even though we may not be able to define exactly what the, in, in clinical terms, in, in terms of, of legal lingo, we may not be able to determine exactly what Aaron's particular transgression was. After all, he only meant for good. He thought he could postpone the people's devotion to having some sort of model of a God in their midst. He didn't want to do the wrong thing. He just did it. He did it and came out wrong. And that created, even though there was no formal punishment that Aaron had to suffer, Husha was something that he definitely thought he was obliged to suffer. And you can't easily make that go away. I mean, it just doesn't work that way. The Busha that Aaron suffered, the Busha was something formidable, something formidable. And the discussion that took place between Moshe Rabbeinu and Aaron Akoin, or a discussion that might have taken place between, between Moshe Rabbeinu and Aaron Akoin, indicates 
the quality of Aaron Cohen's uh, uh, character. He couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. He had to be prodded by Moshe Rabbeinu. He had to be prodded. Now, there are two other psukim that relate to this discussion that we are having. And right here, Pasukav Bet, the Pasukav Gimel Kavdalet, right? The same parak. Pasukav Bet says, Vayisa Aaron et Yadav el Ha'am, Vayevarchem. He raised up his hands, as we all know the Kohanim do, and he blessed them, Vayevarchem. Rashi says, you see the Rashi, Vayevarchem? Birkat Kohanim, Yevarechech, Ya'er Yisa. Birkat Kohanim. Okay, you may have some kind of question. After all, Birkat Kohanim was not really invented until the book of Bamidmar, it appears. So how, how did Aaron know it here? So I don't know. I don't know, but that's what Rashi said. Maybe he had the playlist. He, he knew that he had to make a bracha. And it's not uh, impossible that HaKadosh Baruch Hu made Aaron Akorin aware of the words of the bracha, or that Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe Rabbeinu in the, in the way that the Chazan of today, where the Chazan says the words and the Kohanim repeat them, uh, maybe it was the same with, uh, but there's no doubt, there's no doubt that this was a high point in the process that Aaron Akorin went went through by Yivarchem, he said the bracha. I mean, this was the culmination. This was not something that had to do with atonement. This was not something where Aaron Akoin was cleaning up the mess that he had made. No, no, no. This was Aaron Akoin acting as the Kohen Gadol by Yivarchem. By Yered. Oh, Maybe he came down from saying, uh, from bringing all the sacrifice that he was obliged to bring. So what is Vayered? Vayered is if you understood that, you know, high to low, he had three steps or, or the, uh, the the keves to go up and to go down. I mean, it could be. It could also be that the word Vayered indicates a spiritual diminution. He somehow was up there and he came down. He came down. Well, where's the down? Where is the down? Doesn't say. The pastor doesn't say anything. So why does it say Vayered? That, that Aaron Akoin was distressed. He had to go down. He had to leave. He had to leave the the place where he was acting as the Kohen Gadol. Okay. So the mystery is in the next clause, right? It says, Vayavo Moshe Aaron. All of a sudden, Moshe appears. Maybe he was there all the time. As I say, maybe he was telling Aaron the words of Birkat Kohanim, Vayavo Moshe Aaron El Oel Moed. Oel Moed, that's the Mishkan, the tabernacle. They came to the Oel Moed, right? I guess they went in because the next word is Vayetzu. They bless the people and the 
glory of God was somehow made visible to the entire people by Yaronu, and they cheered by Yiplu al So look, listen. Did I skip a line? Yeah. Uh, let's go back to I'm sorry. They came into the tabernacle. What do you mean by Yitzu? What about They went out to meet up with the people who were standing around and waiting for them to come out. And together they gave this bracha to the people to say in Rashi what the bracha was. It doesn't say what the bracha was. And the glory of God was made aware to the, uh, the entire people were made aware of the glory of God. It was there. It was there. So now we understand what happened. He blessed them. That was the end of the story of the day. He went down. He went down from the height of uh, the service of God in the Beta, in the Mishkan, and he went down. And what did not happen? There was no Vayera. There was no Vayerit Kivod Hashem El Kol Ha'am. Remember the first thing that Moshe Rabbeinu said? I could do this. This is something. You see, Vayira Alechem Kavod Hashem? Promise. Moshe Rabbeinu promised. But Aaron couldn't pull it off on his own. He could not. Because Aaron Akoe blessed the people. Yes, Birkat Kohanim, yes. But he was not able. He was not able to. Uh, one second. He was not able to bring the Kavod Hashem into the people. And so Moshe Rabbeinu grabbed on him. They went into the Oel Moed where they did whatever they did. We don't know what that was. And they came out and apparently together they blessed the people. Vayivarchu plural et ha'am. You see this? The last pasuk, a fire came down from God, and and on this altar was eaten up. Right, Ola, the Ola sacrifice, the, the one that's completely consumed, Chalavim, the fats, Vayakol Ha'ava Yarodu, and they all sang out and happy by Yipol Al So if I said to you, and who is right when Aaron said, I don't want to do it, 
And Moshe said, you are the chosen one. Well, look what happened at the end. Look at what happened. Moshe of Aaron was the chosen one, but he couldn't do it. There was no Vayera Kvod Hashem. There was no Vayera Kvod Hashem. And this is already, this is already referred to by Rashi. And so we have to go through, we have to go through the Rashi. We learned the first Rashi. Rashi explains, not as we tried to explain that it was a lowering of the level of Kedusha, of sanctity, but simply, he was on the Mizbeach, doing what Kohanim do, and then he had to come down, he was finished. He was finished with the day's labor. Pasukav Gimel, Vayavom Moshe Aaron. El Oel Moed. Rashi, Rashi says, Lama Nechnesu, why they go all the way? It's over, the day is done. The day is done. Lama Nechnesu, Lama Nechnesu. Matsati Viparshat Miluim, Vibraita, Anosefet al Torah Kohanim. Torah Kohanim is the Medrash Halacha on the book of Ayikra called Sifra. When he says, Matsati, I looked around and I found, maybe in a separate volume. Today it's usually put together. Parashat Miluim, the parasha that explains the days of Miluim, Bibraita, Anosefet, and added Tanaitic. Uh, uh, and it had any material on no sefet al Torah Kohanim, which is added on to the book of Sifra Shalanu. And there it says, right there, Rashi says, right there, that place where you should be able to find it if you were energetic. So why did Moshe Rabbeinu go back into the oil moed with Aharon? So the answer given there is to teach him about the Ketoret. After you bring the Korban out, you have to bring the Ketoret sacrifice, the, the, the sacrifice of the, of the spices, which are sweet smelling or pungent smelling in the Beit HaMikdash. Oh, as you says, it says that maybe Moshe and Aaron went in for some other reason. There was some need that they had at that time to go in. And even though the day's labor was over, they still went together into the Olmoed. Areni Dan, Irida, Ubiya, Tuunot Bracha. Maybe it's because going down and going up. Uh, also demand some kind of a bracha, like you're doing an avoda. Yerida me'ain avoda, avbiya me'ain avoda. Just like yerida, like you have to go away. That's like a kind of a service in the Beit HaMikdash. So maybe bia going into the Beit HaMikdash, going up on the Mishbash, is also me'ain avoda. Hey, lamadita. So that you might, for that question you might learn, Lama nichnas Moshe im Aharon. Lama nichnas Moshe ve Moshe im Aharon. Lelamdo al Masa Kitorit. And that 
that's what we mean when we say that Moshe went in with Aaron to learn about the Ketoret, but that's the, the point, that you have to go down to get the Ketoret and come back. So that's the, that's one interpretation. In other words, why did Moshe and Aaron go back into the Beit HaMikdash? Oh, he had to show him something, he had to teach him something. There was some problem that had not been addressed. Rashi says a second interpretation, second interpretation. Now the Israel, since Aaron saw that when everything had been done properly, the Shechina came down, right? God's presence was made, we were made aware of God's presence. Amalo the Moshe, Moshe Achi Kachasitali, he said to him, Moshe, did, did you do this? Why did you do this to me? Shenichnasti vinitbayashti. I came in, I came into, as you called, you called me and you said, we have to do this. Anitbayashti, I was, I was filled with shame. I was filled with shame. Miyad nechlas Moshe imo uvikshu rachamim so Aaron said at the end of the day, at the end of the day, look, I, I did everything I was supposed to do. I did what you taught me to do. I did what I followed the directives that Moshe Rabbeinu brought into the world. I followed them exactly word for word, but it didn't work. I didn't, I was not able to bring the Shekhinah into the camp of Israel. So Rashi says, Rashi says, Amar lo lemoshe. Amar lo lemoshe, I can only do that. See where it is? Amar lo lemoshe, Aaron said to Moshe, Moshe, Achi, my brother, Kachasitali, you did this to me. Why did you do this to me? Shenechnasti v'nitbayashti. I came in and I, I was embarrassed. Again, this idea of Busha, which, which uh, Rashi pointed to at the beginning of our discussion, Miyad, immediately when Aaron made that complaint, Nichnas Moshe, Imo Moshe Rabbeinu went in with him, Ubikshu Rachamim, and they begged for mercy, Yisrael, and the Shechina came down, to B'nai Yisrael. Now, every word in that Rashi demands some sort of interpretation, but it would seem that this tension between Moshe and Aaron about being the Kohen Gadol went on even after Moshe Rabbeinu insisted that he, Aaron, would have to be the Kohen Gadol. And Aaron at the end said, you see that I was right. You see I was right. I should not have taken the job. I should not, I'm not worthy. I'm the end of the Rashi. Amru, we know I'm Hashem. that the, the pleasures that God produces should be 
hours. We pray that the Shechina should try to be part of what, everything that you do. All the seven days of Miluim, the seven days that preceded this day. Moshe Rabbeinu put it up every day. And he served in that Mishkan that he built. And he took it apart every day. It did not have uh, the presence of God. God's presence was not made available during those seven days. And the people were, were unhappy. They were embarrassed. They couldn't understand it. They said, Moshe Rabbeinu kol ha-Torah all the hard work that we put into building this Mishkan, that the Shechina should dwell in our midst and we will know and that's how we will know hopefully that the Avon HaEgel, that the sin of building the golden calf has somehow been absolved. That's why Moshe Rabbeinu said to them, this is what God wants. We said that to, to Aaron, right? Do it. Right? Aaron, Achi, Aaron is even more worthy than I, because he brings these sacrifices and he serves God. will know that God uh, will uh, uh, has chosen him. So we see, I think, I think we see that uh, the tension between Moshe and Aaron continues because the question became, uh, is God willing to have the Kohen Gadol uh, a sinner? Somebody who rejected the goodness and and insisted on going off in a different way. And if so, if it is true what Moshe Rabbeinu said, that we're supposed to understand the fact that they both made the Birkat Kohanim together at the end, and that that did change the reality in the world, that that means that, is that a plus for Aaron or a, a minus for Aaron? So I want to just remind you uh, one second, I want to remind you of a Pasuk in Bereshit, right in the creation story. And God made everything grow out of the ground, beautiful trees, and edible, delicious, 
We don't really know what that means. But all the generations have attempted to kind of make them make sense, make sense out of that. We know also to, uh, two other psukim that I want to remind you of. Because of the way people are, the way we are made. A man is liable to leave his father and his mother and he will cleave to his wife. They will create a new unity, a new kind of entity. And at that time, at that time, when they were both naked, like all the animals in the created world, right? Adam man and his wife, they didn't have this busha. They didn't have busha. But afterwards, the Pasuk says, I can't get into the whole story now, but you'll understand. I heard the voice of God in the Garden of Eden, Vaira, and I was afraid to confront God. Ki anochi. I'm naked. One pasuk. They were not embarrassed. That's when they were in the Garden of Eden. And when did they become embarrassed? And when did he want to hide? After he ate from the Eitzadah Tovara. And this is explained, this is explained in a, uh, an interesting manner by the Ramban. The Ramban says, At this time, a man and his wife, they would have relations, whatever they wanted. When it came time to give birth, so they would get together and they would have children. It was not something that had to be thought about or planned. It worked by some sort of instinct, as it does with animals. Then they were able to 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 touch things, touch each other, touch themselves. It, was not, it wasn't a problem. It wasn't a, a problem at all. But after they ate from the eight Sadat, suddenly man knew that he had, he had cho- a choice. What was the choice? And he could will to do something good or to do something, uh, to do something bad or to do something good. Whether to himself or to others. This is a divine, this idea of tovera is divine from one point of view. 
ויותו בו יצר ותאווה. יצר ותאווה. So as I just want to say that that the uh, the way I understand this, not exactly, but this is the Ramban is critical in in terms of formulating a position. But the way I understand it is that when you say that before the eight from the eight sadat there was no yetsahara. No, what do you mean? There's no yetsahara. Then what I mean is that that people in a natural way acted in a reasonable kind of way. And so they, when they wanted to have children, or they, they, they acted sexually. When they didn't want to have children, they didn't. It, it, it was a, a, a reasonable position. Same thing is true about the tabla for eating. Both of these things are necessary. God created the world in order that the world should stay, should remain created and not disappear. And in order to do that, you have to have a desire to bring children into the world, you have a, have a desire to eat so that you don't you don't uh, become uh, uh, unable. Your life becomes untenable. So the idea that you have a ta'ava, that you have a desire to eat, and you have a desire to have progeny, well, that's good. There's nothing evil about that. Not evil about that. And when they ate from the Eitzachayim, when they ate from the Eitzachayim, I'm sorry, the they ate from the Eitzachayim, this, this tree of knowledge, Tovin Raso, they discovered that they had the power to do things that were not doable. It was the same thing. It was the same ta'ava, the same desire, desire to eat, the desire for sex. It was exactly the same as before. But all of a sudden, they knew that they could do the wrong thing. Do the doing, I mean, it looks the same. It's just that it's wrong. And that was the birth, that was the birth of the, uh, the change in man, a woman, that they were no longer, they were no longer fit, appropriate for the perfect life but they were uh, fit for the life, which includes the Yetzir Hara, the fact that you could do the wrong thing with the same powers that you were granted in order to do only the right thing. And that's what, that's what the Ramban, that's what the Ramban says. But the Ramban adds that Bushan is a subcategory of Yetzirah. It's this recognition that you could do the wrong thing. That's the recognition, this is the Bushra. And that's something that kind of works its way very deeply into your, into the fabric of your being. You just can't get rid of it. You can't stop it at all. And so Aaron Akolin said, look, I did it. I mean, whatever it is that I did, it was wrong. It was unacceptable. It had to do with Avodah Hashem, with the service of God. I mean, how can you possibly think that I, with the busha that I'm carrying around, could uh, could become the Kohen Gadol? And I thought, Baruch said, 
that's how we are. That's how we are. We can cover up. We can straighten it out, if only temporarily. The, it's, the contrary is correct. You, Aaron Akoin, are the model of the person who discovered the Yetzirah in himself. You discovered it. But the busha is going to keep it in check. It's going to be the way we solve the problem. And that was what Adam HaRishon confronted. He, he went and he made clothing to cover himself up with in order to protect himself against his own Yetzirah. And HaKadosh Bohu then completed the picture and gave him clothing that was more serious, more significant, helpful. God helped Moshe, Aaron Akoin. So Aaron Akoin became the symbol of the new man, the man who has a Yetzirah, the man who has Busha, Busha recognizing how what he did with himself. He could have been kind of perfect in the eyes of God, but he decided to change that and to reach for imperfection. And so Aaron Akoin became the model of, of Chazara B'tshuva, not Moshe Rabbeinu, whose perfection was not tainted by the ego Hazahab, but it was clear that that kind of perfection would at best push away people recognizing the fact that they did not have that kind of perfection at all. And so Aaron Cohen, recognizing himself, and that's the word busha. The word busha means I know who I am. I know what my shortcomings are. I know I have to work on it. I know I have to do something to make sure I don't fall into that trap again. All of those things made Aaron Cohen the most worthy candidate to be the Kohen Gadol. And uh, okay, there we have it. All the best, have a good Shabbos. See you next week.